Hello there. Welcome to House of Readers, where are where we are presently reading Silent Strength, Gaining Resilience and Triumph Through Life's Challenges by my dear friend Monica Kunzakwagata. So we are now on chapter two. What's in your bucket? While working on my life coach training. A serious distraction forced me to discontinue my studies. I had to return to Zimbabwe and fight to regain possession of real estate property that a relative had decided to take from me. With growing corruption within the country, I knew that I had to act swiftly or I would lose it forever. It was a sad day for me, standing in court fighting to secure my own property from someone very close to me. Though I had heard similar stories of people living outside their home countries, losing money and properties to family members, I never dreamt it would happen in my own family. It was a nasty wake-up call. I originally intended to stay in Zimbabwe for just 10 days. I thought I could politely ask my relative to vacate the property, find a new tenant and go back to UK. That was not to be. For the first five days, I lived with other relatives. When I went to my house, my relative had threatened me by saying, if you come on my property, I will shoot. In fact, let me go into the house and grab my gun. I said those words as he walked towards the house. He said, he said those words as he walked towards the house. I could not believe my ears. My mouth became dry instantly. My heart raced. I felt lightheaded. I thought I was going to faint. It was a cold evening and the cool air did not help. I thought it was just a bad dream, which I would soon wake up from, and everything will be rosy. This can't be happening to me, I thought. Neighbours came out in their pyjamas to witness the drama. I overheard one say, Why are they bothering him? It's his property. We laughed about it weeks later, when they got to know the truth. The police were called, and we were advised to go through the courts to settle the dispute. We met at the police station the following day. He showed up driving my car while I had to use public transport. It was surreal. Then we attended court. I chose to represent myself. Though his lawyer was a jealous young woman, she never bothered to do the proper research to establish the facts. She claimed that I was insane, dragging her client to court for no reason. When I stood up and explained the true nature of the situation, the court ruled in my favour. My property was secured. After all was said and done, seven months elapsed and I was still in Zimbabwe. Finally, 
with everything sorted out, I went back to the United Kingdom. During my stay in Zimbabwe, I had taken coaching and training jobs here and there to get, get me by. However, without enough income, I had defaulted on my mortgage and my credit card payments. The gravity of my problem hit me when I tried to open the front door of my apartment, only to find that the locks had been changed. Fortunately, I had a small lump sum in my savings, but I needed a few days to access it. I stayed with my niece while I sorted things out. I arranged to pick up some winter clothes and was given only 30 minutes to get everything I needed. I was not allowed back inside my property again until I paid the outstanding balance. It seemed unreal that within one calendar year, I came close to losing both my homes. My health suffered greatly as the stress of it all began to catch up with me. I developed serious respiratory problems. I had shortness of breath. I was wheezing, suffered from insomnia and constant headaches. I was given some steroids and prescribed different inhalers. All the tests came back negative and inconclusive. I still had no answers. Then my doctor faxed an emergency referral letter to the lung cancer clinic. I was called in the next day. On my way there, I accepted my fate. To me, lung cancer was the only logical explanation left for this severe wheezing, coughing and chronic nasal congestion. As horrible as the thought was, I needed to know. Nothing is as difficult and stressful as not knowing the cause of your illness. I did not understand how it could be possible since I had never smoked. Years earlier, I had worked in an organisation where smoking was common within the office and other work areas, so I had been subjected to a lot of second-hand smoke. I was tested and a few days later, I went to collect my results with mixed emotions. With the way my chest felt, I was convinced that things were quite serious. Part of me was relieved to finally have an answer for the cause of such distress. Another part prayed for a miracle. Sitting in the waiting room, I tried to occupy my mind with positive thoughts, but it was difficult. Sometimes my mind would just go blank. After what seemed an eternity, I heard the nurse struggling with my name. Monica Kunzweguta. Sorry, is it okay if I just called you Monica? By this time, my heart was in my mouth, but I acted calm as I teased. Oh, please try again. It's not that difficult. I was trying too hard 
as I added, my last name means out of the city. The nurse ushered me into the room, adding, the consultant is ready to see you. I walked in, sat in the chair facing him. He shifted his whole body towards the back of the chair to sit comfortably. I thought, here we go, drop the bombshell. Your results came back just as I suspected. I just wanted to be sure, he said. You do not have lung cancer. I am discharging you from this clinic. Continue to use your inhaler. Your doctor will continue to look after you. There was tremendous relief in his words. I had gotten my miracle. At this point, I decided to reduce my stress and relax as much as possible. I knew that if one wants to get things accomplished, one must do what needs to be done. I used this health scare as part of my catalyst to take positive action in my own life so that I could better help others do the same. I enjoy seeing people grow, both in their personal and professional lives. I had completed my life coach training after returning from Zimbabwe. As a result, my coaching business, Act to Grow, was born. While dealing with my health issues and launching my coaching business, I was also busy compiling my first anthology book project. The Depth of Her Soul Beautiful Stories of Faith and Empowerment. Prior to that, I had been a co-author in several anthologies, Living Without Limitations, 30 Stories to Heal the World. My story was entitled The Princess Who Escaped from the Kidnapping Zone. Love, a new generation of hope. Love, a new generation of hope continues and living without limitations vision quest in the latter book my story write it down highlights the importance of writing your vision in detail my mentor at the time commissioned people to share their stories in her anthology books in record time so I thought it would be easy. I spoke with many people, inviting them to be co-authors and thus began the enrollment process. The way it works as a compiler, you commission people to write stories on specific topics, then compile them into an anthology. A lot of people jumped in initially, but at the mention of costs, the numbers began to dwindle. Producing a book costs money. There were so many lessons to learn in that process. I was surprised that there were some who tried to bully me because they had signed up for my project. They threatened that if the book was not going to be published soon, after they 
had paid their subscription, they would make my life a living hell. Compiling an anthology, like any project, requires teamwork. It takes time to complete. Unfortunately, the treats, the threats did not work, and some were removed from the book project. I could have been discouraged by what people said about me, or my book project, but I chose to shut out the criticism and keep going. I had a clear picture in my mind of the result I wanted, so I focused on that. It took a long time to get the number of co-authors I needed. From what I had seen, I thought I could do it in a few short weeks. Instead, it took me a little over a year to complete my project. Admitted, admittedly, admittedly, excuse me, admittedly, I felt discouraged many times and wanted to give up, but I knew that I would never forgive myself for doing so. Leading the project meant I was accountable and that my team was relying on me, so I worked even harder. As I talked to numerous people, I learned a new skill to separate the talkers and time wasters from the doers. I also learned patience. My faith increased. I kept reminding myself that the right people for the book would enroll. Sure enough, those who truly wanted to be part of the book did not waste time. I learned to listen to my intuition more. This gave me so much peace. If a prospective co-author did not have views which were aligned with what I wanted to achieve, I did not pursue them. I did not want to derail the whole project and ruin everyone's efforts because of one person. My final team was awesome. They were supportive and encouraged each other all the way. On February 26, 2016, the book was launched and became an Amazon bestseller. It was an amazing experience. As I sat down to reflect on the whole journey, it registered that I had done most of the work. Instead of complaining, I was grateful for the challenges and the lessons. They allowed me to push myself to learn and grow. Sometimes we pay too much money for things and for services which, if we take time to research, we can do ourselves. It was through this journey that Authors Without Boundaries, AWB, publishing was created. AWB is a publishing company and like most was born largely out of frustration. I wanted to pull together all the things I had learned from my experiences and build them into a bigger vision. The main objective was to allow authors an opportunity 
to heal their own wounds while sharing their stories, which in turn would help others heal in the process. I am inspired by this quote by Dr. Dumisani Magadella. Magadella, a certified executive life coach. One of the most powerful and understated instruments or tools to therapeutically heal personal trauma and ignite new ways to build inner silence against personal future inner turbulence is through guided use of writing about the specific issues concerned. When a trained coach employs this powerful tool, it can transform lives. It is important to me that each author's voice is respected. It is vital to allow that because it is their story, their essence, that makes them unique and valuable. We all have experiences that need to be heard. AWB brings people together from around the world to share their stories. I am humbled when an author tells me they began to heal the moment they started writing their story, or when I see someone begin to actualize their true potential after working with them on a book project. I love watching them make huge shifts forward once they have written their story and dealt with whatever it was that was holding them back. I enjoy putting my coaching skill to use when I work with each individual to bring their story to life. That inner yearning in me to help people progress in life, to empower them, has always been the driving force through my career. From working with children to adults with different challenging issues to discovering my calling as a life coach, I derive so much pleasure in witnessing someone move from a place of content, or from a place of discontent, discouragement, and stagnancy to a place where they achieve their goals and improve the quality of their life. AWB is one of the vehicles that gives me the opportunity to help people transform as they open and blossom through sharing their life experiences to help others. It allows me to help them learn to shake off their limitations and embrace the idea that we are as free as we allow our minds and hearts to be. I am looking forward to many more adventures and I am trusting God for this part of my journey. This is where the chapter ends. Such a beautiful, inspirational note by Monica. <clears throat> so there's a takeaways, takeaway tips here, which I'll read out, starting with 
don't see challenges as punishment, but as an opportunity for growth. Make a choice, choose to endure and reflect on challenges as an opportunity to find your purpose. Remember, faith works in the heat of the test. You get it by believing. Persistence in many times of trouble takes you to a new level, a higher level. Have clarity. There is a difference between vision and visibility. Reach out or expect to receive by taking steps of action towards achieving your goal. Get joy from serving your neighbour or your community. Our greatness is revealed through our adversities. Embrace them. Seek help and support to move from where you are to where you want to be. Absolutely beautiful tips by Monica Kunzekwekda. I love her surname actually. I was so, <laughs> I had practiced last year how to pronounce it. Kunzekwekda, what a wonderful human being and a great story that inspires and have inspired many. Thank you very much for listening to Angela B. Sprague from House of Readers.